So I, uh, I had a Trump card show last night, Bobby. Deep in the heart of Texas. San Antonio, Texas. I really love that town. Um, we played at a place called Limelight. You ever been there? Can we can we get a little more excitement? Oh, you? my God. Can you fucking just acknowledge my story that I'm telling you a goddamn no, story? No, like you're really low energy right now. What are you talking about? I'm not low energy. I just, drink, I just shotgunned a fucking Red Bull, and I'm drinking coffee with whiskey in it right now, Bobby. I'm not low energy, okay? A little just, low energy. Anywho. Played a show in San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas, right next to what used to be a, a male strip club, Hard Bodies. Remember that? I've seen the movie. I know you've had a lot of good times in there. So, anywho, uh, Trump card played, a lot of fun, a lot of energy on stage. I was shaking my dick for all the ladies. I was confused. About what? My good times in there. Oh, okay. About your good times in Hard Bodies? I thought it was like a I thought it was like a wild game restaurant. Hard like they, they sold like bison and, and venison meat. No, that's you not know, lean, lean meat. That's not what hard bodies meant. I mean, there's some. Well, lean, that's what I thought it was when I. There's went some in there. lean meat in there, but apparently there used to be some girthy meat in there too. But uh, anyway, yeah, the, the bison. Yeah, so the guys don't shake their dicks on stage anymore. So I did it next door for them at the limelight. Afterwards, uh, there was a taco shop, a little taco truck. So I waited in line for like I don't know, 45 minutes to get three tacos. And I was with Ruben. You heard him on the show last uh, last episode. We uh, afterwards, he didn't want to eat that. He didn't want to eat those uh, tacos. So we went somewhere else. So this was like two, three in the morning. So we went to another Mexican food place and I ate like three more tacos. So I had like six tacos, an enchilada, some queso, and rice and beans at like three in the morning last night. It was fantastic, Bobby. It was fucking fantastic. You know, also the great thing about uh, about being me, I was I was kind of drunk, you know, as I tend to get, and I uh, there's a bachelor party, bachelor wait, excuse me, there's a bachelorette party. I was walking into the the the, par, the bar that we were playing, and I was like, okay, they, they're going the wrong place. They think they're going next door to where there used to be dicks on stage, um, and so I started hitting on this bachelorette party, and there was like four of them there at first, dude, and like I totally had like three of them like entranced under my spell. Uh-huh. Just with confidence alone, just walking up saying, hey, baby, how y'all doing? Y'all here? Y'all don't want to leave here. You want to come inside? Yeah. And they started chatting me up. And then some other girl came up that was part of the bachelorette party, and they all had, like, weird colored wigs and shirts with tits on it. And then uh, some other one came up and was like, no, we're not going in there, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the bachelorette walked up, and she was like, stop talking to my friends. I'm like, why aren't you wearing a wig? It's just because your hair is so gorgeous. And she was like, oh. Like, it's so easy, man. It's so easy. Needless to say, they didn't come back. But I wasn't dressed like a clown at the time. It was pre-clown face. Hot night in Texas. I didn't want to be, like, sweating before I had to sweat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all relate to that. Yeah. So if I had, if I had, I really am confident that if I had had clown face, I could have banged a whole bachelorette party last night. Great. I went to the grocery store yesterday, yeah. and um, I was getting some meat okay. at the deli. Okay. And, uh, and as I was getting the meat at the deli, the lady to the right of me was uh, giving out samples of, uh, of ravioli. Meats? Oh, okay. She was like, hey, did you want to try ravioli? I said, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I tried that ravioli. It was good as shit. And then she was like, she started like kind of backhandingly like implying that I was an unskilled uh, Raviolist? cook. Okay. Because she was like, it was very like assuming of gender. Like, you're a man, you can't cook. She was very like, even you can do this. Like, all you got to do, like, I know you're retarded, mm-hmm. but all you got to do is you got to boil some water in the microwave and just stick it in there. Who boils water in the microwave? She was she was explaining this very simple way to create these raviolis. Right. And I was just like, I like the raviolis. I want to buy the raviolis, but you're being very condescending, uh, condescending yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. She's like, have you heard of ramen noodles? And I'm like, what? She goes, you know, ramen. 
I was like, ramen? She goes, yeah, ramen noodles. She's like, this is easier than making ra- ramen noodles. Wow. I was like, let me take it back to my dorm and tell all my roommates how cool it is underneath my fucking Cindy, uh, Cindy Crawford poster. They still have it. Hey, those? guys, I can, I can make you some... Uh, ramen. Some, some ramen or some ravioli. And then Microwave I'm like, ravioli. And I'm like, all right, all right. Uh, she means well. So she, I'm like, where is it? She's like, it's over there. And she walked me over there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, don't you want the sauce with it too? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm reading for like marinara sauce. She's like, don't you want Alfredo sauce? I'm like, what the fuck, lady? Now you're like implying I'm a little chubby as well. Like Fatty definitely wants the Alfredo over vegetable based sauce. Is Alfredo? You took a lot of offense at this, Bobby. No, it, it was it was just very um, unnecessary. Okay. And then she's like, "Here's your coupon for a free French bread," and I'm like, "God damn it! What? Now she's an asshole for fucking giving you a French bread for no, free?" No, no, no. That's I was just so conflicted about the whole thing. I got a good deal on these raviolis, but yeah. the lady kind of was like roasting me the whole time. I was like, "What is this? The fucking Friars Club?" Right. You know, that was my Friday. My my story was better. Episode 42. 42. Episode 2 of season 2. Of Not For Everyone. It's not for everyone I'm still. Not, I'm not really digging this whole season thing of yours. I know. It, it's You it's know why, dumb. Bobby? I'll tell you why. Because like shows in their second season usually kind of they go downhill. It's like 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 a, like a, like a, like a, like a recording artist. Their second album is usually nowhere near as good as the first. That's not true. So you're you're, but you're setting you're this saying, up for failure. So we're going to have to wait and find out. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I hear as long as you keep trying, like you'll have to get better at just something. keep trying. So we're deep in Practice. the heart of uh, Texas of Italy versus Japan. Oh yeah, we're the got a few more episodes of this. Um, if you're not into it, fight. sorry, that's what we're doing. That's what we're freaking doing. It's not your podcast; it's ours. So we have a very special double feature this evening. Uh huh. Um, Italy's burial ground, or also known as the Night of Terror, also known as burial ground, the Night of Terror yeah. from 1981. Yep. Uh, fun it's little the nights of terror, zombie exploitation from the early 80s, and then um, for. Japan, we're going head to head. Burial ground head versus to head. Burial ground versus Evil Dead Trap. Evil Dead Trap, which I commented to you, that sounds like an alternative title to one of these movies that I made. Is, it's like, is it's that, one of the worst titles I've ever heard. Is that the original title for it? It probably is just lost in translation. I don't know. Yeah. But good news about that one, mm-hmm. it's from 1988. Ooh. And if you've been listening to the show long enough, you know that how much we uh, worship at the uh, altar, uh, altar of 88. Of 88. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was made in 88 kind of like already puts it ahead. Adam, you know what it's time for? What time is it, Bobby? Movie recap. Oh. We're already hopping right into segment. Season two is going fast. We got to go fast today. Breakneck speed, baby. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So what did you watch, Bobby? Up the energy, up the speed. You what go did, first. I go first. I've watched a lot of things. I've watched so many goddamn movies in the last couple of weeks. It's insane. Um, I've been watching. I watched, uh, I watched The Last Circus. 
right? I watched that. That's a good one. It's not on any streaming service, but it's fucking phenomenal. What's it about? Because I, 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 Adam, I've, I've listened to our episodes, mm-hmm. and sometimes your critiques are just adjectives. You don't actually like expand. On. Fun, exciting, happy-go-lucky. No, those are adjectives. So there's this clown, right? Uh-huh. It's, it starts off in like, uh, let's say, 1930s uh, Spain. You know what? I think adjectives are just fine, actually. Fun, exciting, zany, wacky, pow, pow, pow. Um, no, no, no. There's a clown, and they they did a fucking Batman episode from the '60s. Yes, Biff, pow, Kazlami. Um, so actually, Snuh. the uh, the great thing about and, and and you've talked shit about this last circus movie. I don't know if you ever watched it. I've never talked shit about it. But you're always like, no, the movie's no good. So, anyways, I don't think it's appropriate to review Alex on this show. De la Iglesia. How is it not appropriate to review on this show? Hey, leave all the creative control to me, and you do. You just show up. Hey, and fuck do you, your Bobby. Shit. Fuck you. All right. You know, I haven't done this in a while. You're a piece of shit, Bobby. You know what? Producer? I'm sick of your attitude. Second host. No, the producer, fucking entertainment, all right? The fucking draw, the talent is yes. what I am, the fucking talent. All right, what's The Last Circus about? So it's about this uh, this clown, and when he was a kid, his dad was also a clown. He was a funny clown, because there's happy clowns and there's sad clowns. And his dad was the happy clown in a circus, but the circus got uh, got invaded by the military, and they're like, you got to go fight with us against the rebels. So they're going out there, and his dad's like in a dress, dressed as a clown. This is a Spanish film, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a Spanish Civil War. Alex de la Iglesias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Spanish Civil Wars when this part takes place. And so uh, this is like the, the prologue, as they would say. So yeah, they're going out and fighting. They all have machine guns. They like just give all the circus performers machine guns. And they hand the clown a machete. He's like, can I get a gun? He's like, nah, man. A clown with a machete is fucking terrifying. And so they go out there and they're just like hacking away at people. And so the other people win. The rebels won and they imprisoned his father for years, right? And so you fast forward and here's this kid growing up. And his dad, who's in prison, is like, uh, you can't be, you need to be a clown. And he's like, well, I don't want to be a clown. He's like, you should be a clown. He's like, but you can't be a happy clown. He's like, you've only known sadness in your life. You have to be a sad clown. He's like, aw. And so he later on in life, he goes and becomes a clown, a sad clown in a circus. And there's a beautiful, amazing uh, aerialist that he falls in love with. Now, the aerialist. Is that like a uh, little mermaid? No, not an aerial. It's like, uh, yeah, she's like of the level of aerial. She's an aerialist. She redhead? No, 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 no. She wasn't. She got feet? Yeah, she had feet. Oh, good. So she wasn't. It I was, like feet. <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with the Little Mermaid, as a matter of fact. Uh, but she's the lady of the other clown, the funny clown, and this guy's a real piece of work. Like he's a fucking sicko, uh, sadistic, beat the shit out of her, and then bang her in like gas station or something. Right. He's like the real macho guy, and him and the ha- the sad clown don't really get along. There's like arguing over the woman. Needless to say, by the end of it, both clowns are like horrible like scarred up freaks in clown face and it's like them kind of going head to head uh for the love of this woman but it sounds a lot like high school no dude it's fucked up and what's great is there's a lot of it when you watch it it's really reminiscent of tim burton's batman in that just some of the scenes like on top of the fucking like they're on top of this big monument it's like very end of first of batman part one you know and there's a lot of elements that are really like red triangle gang style from from Batman Returns the yeah. Penguins gang so well, well maybe they're just drawing influence from a variety of different old school clown uh, themes or motifs or whatever I don't I don't know if the uh, I don't know I might be wrong what I'm telling but you but I would guess that the writer and or director were not like we should make this uh, 
uh, nod Batman. It probably wasn't. Alex de la Iglesia is like a, a phenomenon in Spain. He's one of their most famous directors. Right. He's made a lot of really good, really fucked up stuff. Um, there's one I'm trying to get my hands on. Ruben's trying to get his hands on called Acción Mutante, which is like early 90s, and I hear it's just batshit insane. Yeah. So they weren't an Axis power in uh, in uh, in the, the the World War II, so we, mm-hmm. we, we can't have any Spain movies on here. Right. But just to throw in Spain some- Spain inter- movies. Yeah. Just to throw in some international taste, I would recommend The Last Circus. The ending is fucked up. Uh, the beginning is fucked up. Everything in between is fucked up. It's not for everyone, but it might be for you. Speaking of Italy and Japan, I just watched a um, documentary on the plane uh, about a, a man from England. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the other hemisphere, so it's kind of the same seg- seg- yeah, yeah. segue works. It, it, they, they were in World War II. A little gentleman named Mick Ronson, who was the guitar player for David Bowie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of Mick Ronson. Yeah. And he played with Mott the Hoople for a while. So this flick's called Beside Bowie, the Mick Ronson story. And uh, if you're into rockumentaries, and especially if you're a Bowie fan, I I can't recommend it enough. Did he, too, have gay sex with Bowie? You know, uh, they kept uh, hitting on, like, he was just straight as an arrow. Like, he just played the game. And if they wanted to, like, dazzle him up, you know, in the glam way, he was just kind of did it. Because he's like, I'm riding this fucking gravy train. Yeah, goddamn right. But- Gravy train with biscuit wheels. Yeah. So um, he was always like the the staunch, it seems like he was like the staunch hetero guy in the band. And uh, this movie makes you realize sometimes the man behind the man mm-hmm. is the real man. I would compare it to, let me speak the audience's language here. I would compare Bowie and Mick Ronson to Jack Burton and uh, Wang. Wang. Wow. Yeah. The uh, hero is the sidekick and the sidekick is the hero. Because those first, I think it's like the first... Wait, you're telling me this guy, that Bowie was this guy's sidekick? No, I'm saying that he was very important to the sound. Mm-hmm. He's basically the composer to like Ziggy Stardust, maybe not the songwriter per se, mm-hmm. but he's the one that makes it sound so layered and like uh, theatrical. How long throughout Bowie's illustrious career was Mick Ronson at his See, side? that's a great point. This is only, I think, like the first four albums or so. Mm. And he put Bowie put out some great shit after, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not trying to disparage Bowie's talent. And they even asked this question at the end of the film. They're like, is Bowie Bowie without Mick Ronson? And people at best are just going like, Bowie is Bowie, and he still would have been Bowie. Bowie's fucking Bowie, yeah. But... It would have been different. Right. It would have been different. Because Bowie's just pure, unadulterated fucking freight train of talent. Yeah, dude. He's like a sex machine fueled on the the tears of screaming fans. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, beside Bowie, if you like rockumentaries or if you're a Bowie fan. Rockumentaries. It's fucking good. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe I'll check that out because, you know, it's a documentary, but it's about things that I like, which is <laughs> David Bowie. And it's not some fucking quacky goddamn ghost movie that you're trying to fucking push on everybody. Uh, it's called Love and Saucers. Check it out. <laughs> I'm not watching that ever. I also recently watched uh, John Carpenter's classic, The Fog, starring Adrian Barbo and Tom motherfucking Atkins. Uh-huh. Uh, the Fog is a great film. It's great. It is. What? It's not my favorite Carpenter. Yeah, I'm not saying it's my favorite Carpenter, but it's a great movie. I mean, it's not. It's better than Prince of Fucking Darkness. Uh, That's for sure. I don't know. Okay, there's a couple reasons why this movie's so good. Tom Atkins, right? It's got Tom Atkins. It's got Tom Atkins in it, uh, which is fantastic. It has a lot of people getting hooked and stabbed by weird zombie sailor pirate fog monster guys. And, uh, and most importantly... 
Adrian Barbeau is a straight-up fox in that movie. Now, this was like early 80s, 81, 82, right? So so this is, I, I, I think... I think it was before Escape from New York. Can you uh, can you confirm or deny that for me? The Fog was, uh, I believe, before. The Fog was 1980. 1980. And Escape from New York 81. was 81. Swamp Thing was 82. Now, all the movies after The Fog, Barbeau had the perm. Mm-hmm. That weird aunt's perm that like, oh, you look like my, my aunt. When she was younger, maybe. Here's how I here's how I decide what uh, if I'm looking for a new uh, salon to go to. Yeah. If I walk in and go, let me see your barbeau, and if they know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. you'll go there. I'll stick around. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. they don't, I'm like, <laughs> you dumb bitches, I'm out. <laughs> well, you got to realize, people, Bobby. There's a lot of young people that are doing hair now that that aren't smart. They don't know about Adrian Barbeau. So my point I was getting at: Barbeau's hair in the fog is pre perm. And god damn is she gorgeous. God damn is she gorgeous. I like her perm. I like her perm too, but without the perm, it was like wavy. I was like, my god, you have lovely, lustrous, wavy hair, Adrian Barbeau. Yeah, the the fog is... I want to uh, build an Adrian Barbeau bot. It's very slow. It's not that slow. It's pretty slow. It's not... <sighs> it's just not my favorite car Hey, I don't a, dislike it. There's a movie we're going to review tonight, which was way slower than The Fog. Wrong again. Oh, bullshit. Uh oh! What? Sorry to cut you off. No, Adam, you're not. But uh, I don't have any control over these buttons or these sounds. They you just come certainly, in whenever they nearly wa- definitely. When they want to come in, it means it's time to move on to the next segment of the Fucking show. Computer's not AI powered. Oh my god! It's like really rushing us now. It's time for hashtag Ask Not for Everyone, the segment of the show in which you, the listeners, ask us questions. Now, yeah, we've already been a little musical today uh-huh. uh, with the Bowie talk and whatnot. Mm. Um, this one comes from our old school listener and uh, Instagram friend, Dario Bentley. Hey. I just, I want to ask him. I'm How asking you, doing, you right now. Please tell me that's your real name. Dario Bentley? Oh. That's baller, dude. That name's like as good as Casanova Frankenstein. It's a pretty fucking it's solid a name. Great fucking name. Yeah. Uh, but he, he just wanted to ask a simple one for it's us. A, it's a good question. Let's hear it, Dario Hashtag Bentley. ask not for everyone. It's us. What's the worst type of rock? Oh, geez. The worst type of rock? You know, I, I, for me, for me personally, I mean, there's years and years and decades and decades of rock and roll. Um, there's a lot of rock and roll that's really frowned upon nowadays that's like kind of pre my time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like the cock rock of the 80s. I was, I was alive when that happened, but I wasn't like into rock and roll at the time. Now, when my coming of age, I think, and I don't even know the name for this kind of rock, but uh, but but as I got older, it was there, it was prevalent, it was on the rock stations. They weren't playing the kind of music I liked, which is heavy, fast, and angry, and like Slayer and Ministry and and shit like that. Um, what they what, what they what they play is just this whine. What I would des- describe it as, Bobby, is whiny bitch rock. Is that like grunge light? Yeah, like post grunge, like like Candlebox, like, and, uh, not even Candlebox, no more like Disturbed. That's and, new like, metal and uh, and and Stained okay. and uh, and and shit like that. The stuff, Nickelback. And what shit. it is? It's it's the it's the puddle music. of mud. The music. Oh, I don't. You know who started that voice? No. I would argue mm. it's fucking Eddie Vedder. Yeah, you fuck it. You want me to go in any better? Okay, hold on a second. Not only did he murder his fucking cohorts in the grunge scene, he murdered the fucking music scene. Let's not start. Let's not start rumors about Eddie Vedder. Eddie um, He seems like a very nice man. He's a fucking killer. Good Cubs He's fan. A serial um, murderer. I've never been a Pearl Jam fan. I mean, 
do the evolution, baby. They got a good album or three. I like ten, and I liked the one with the llama on it. But people will always be like, "You a Nirvana guy or a Pearl Jam guy?" I'm like, Alice and Chains. They don't fucking sound the same at all. So uh, Nirvana. But yeah, I would agree with you. It's that it's that grunge light that mm. like music, whiny bitch rock is what well, I whiny call bitch it. rock. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, anyone who worst. tries to imitate Eddie Vedder uh-huh. is uh, it's it, it's 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 the it's the 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 aftermath of grunge. It's like we're trying to be like we're grunge. Nothing pisses me off more. It's phony. Like rock and roll that's like heavy, but they're like crying about how daddy didn't fucking play catch with them. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Like sing about Satan. All right. Fucking sing about like. Yeah. If you want to sing about your dad, keep it at like 70s soft singer songwriter Harry Chapin. Sing about being fucked up on drugs and like like fucking a wall. Like sing about that. Okay. Let me let me throw a wrench in the gear. What do you think about a band like Buck Cherry? Oh, fuck Buck Cherry. But they're like rock and rollers. They like to do drugs and party. To me, okay. If I was to listen to Buck Cherry now, because I haven't heard but like three songs of them back in the day, I was like, I hate the look of that guy. Lit Up is pretty fire, dude. That song. That is that the one rules. about the cocaine? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good song. But the dude, other than that, I'm like, fuck that band. The Buck Cherry with their cocaine fueled rock and roll antics mm-hmm. are way higher up the ladder of good rockers than fucking Stained. Yeah, Stained is pretty fuck. And like Nickelback's all cliche, but like obviously yeah. Creed and all that shit. But like uh, Stained, man, that that band is just yeah. like ooh, god, ooh. And um, it, speaking of that, I. I I've been trying to, and I've said, I've talked about this before, but I've been trying to do this thing where like I just try to because we have it available on the internet now. I just try to like dig into something that I've never been into or never mm-hmm. got. I noticed le- recently there's a few disco songs that are just really funky. Then I put on the disco play. I'm like I'm gonna dive into disco for like and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I put it on uh, Spotify the other day at work, and I lasted like fifty seconds. Really. Well, yeah. you had one song. What song was well, it? Well, I, I flipped around a bit, a bit, and it was all songs I hate. It was just like fucking, um, it was like working at the car wash and like- You don't like cu- working at the car wash? I don't know, man. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't like, yeah, no, I don't. So wait, did you I put on like, disco or did you put on funk? Because I always thought of car wash. Well, there's a funk. little overlap there. This was- um, I love funk. I, think, I, I mean, fucking love funk. Yeah, so do I. I love like fucking P-Funk and Tower Power and all that shit. Or this day in the motherfucking time. But- um, <laughs> So yeah, I, I I officially don't like disco, with the occasional track that overlaps with like more funkier stuff. But uh, to answer the initial question, I'm right there with you. I think that that post grunge slash new metal slash rap metal, anything after like '96 mm-hmm. to 2000, that rock, <sighs> yeah, that kind of shit, like whiny new metal shit. Systems okay. Systems amazing. System they kind of get thrown into that. System of Dallas. I'll listen fantastic. to some corn from time to time. Corn has some good albums. Because they just, they, at least they were different. And then probably close second to that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I hate all pop punk. Because yeah. it's such a, it's such a, a, a all encompassing term. People define it differently. Um, but the bad pop punk is some of the worst. Like Good Charlotte, Blink Simple Plan. No, those first two Blink albums are fine. Fuck you. See, this is what I'm talking about with pop punk. You can't. People will argue like some people argue like The Descendants or fucking uh, Swinging Utters are pop punk. I don't know who either of them are. I know. So to yeah, answer your question, Dario Bentley, I'm gonna go new metal slash grunge light rap metal and. Uh, Pop punk. Pop punk. Bad pop punk. Yeah. Good pop punk. I'm going to go with whiny bitch rock. All that shit that's popular with these college kids now, I just want to kick it in its fucking face. And that's because you're like pushing 40. 
So? It's the circle of life. Uh, no, the shit, the, it's whiny. Any of this whiny music needs to fucking eat some bullets. Another really bad type of rock is, here's, here's some real irony here. Uh-huh. Another really bad type of rock is the asteroid from Armageddon. Yeah. Because one, it gave us that movie. With that fucking shitty Aerosmith song. Ugh. But two, the soundtrack's kind of solid. No, Bobby, no. That fucking movie, what are we talking about? Armageddon? Yeah. And that had Bruce Willis and Steve Buscemi, it still fucking sucked. Yeah. It still fucking sucked. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. God. Ben Affleck. Was he in that? Billy Bob Thornton. Ugh. Yeah, um, that soundtrack kind of kicked ass. No, if you want to argue away from move away, if from you want to argue away from the Aerosmith song, that's fine. I get that, but uh, there was like there was some that's ZZ Top one. on there. Oh, ZZ Top is on there. Yeah. All right. Good question. Uh, keep them coming. Hashtag Ask Not for Everyone. We will answer your questions in chronological order. Is that what we're doing? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to the news. The news. All right, um, back to the basics. Uh, more animal news. Animal news. We're really, we're really big on the animal we stories. We love cute, cuddly woodland critters. We certainly do, and so does the person in our news story today. According to WSFA.com, which, which, which is a, a Channel 12 NBC affiliate, mm-hmm. and, uh, go figure where... where le- okay, I'm going to read the article, or I'm going I'm to read the headline, mm-hmm. and then you tell me where you think this happened. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. 88-year-old man arrested, accused of burning raccoon alive for eating his mangoes. Now, yeah, where can you grow mangoes? Where can you grow mangoes? Where are there raccoons? Where are the raccoons? And where are there 88-year-old men? That's Florida. That's Florida. Ding, 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 ding. Reverend County. To Definitely be Florida. Right? Palm Bay, Florida. An 88-year-old man was arrested after police said he burned a raccoon alive. 88 years old, first time I've ever had to go to jail. I never thought about killing nobody in my lifetime. No man, no woman, no kid, said Ezra James. James posted a $2,000 bond and described planning to kill the animal for eating his mangoes. (laughs) James, (laughs) Jesus, I love this guy. James also said he wanted to prevent the raccoon from biting him and giving him the rabies. I throw some gasoline on him and I light a match, James said. (laughs) Moments later, as the raccoon burned alive in a metal trap, a neighbor called 911, James said. James is still mad at the neighbor woman. She's a wicked woman, James said. James is originally from Jamaica. I should have been doing a Jamaican accent this whole time. I'm glad you weren't. Okay. Uh, He says he did not know authorities would have humanely euthanized the raccoon. When police got there Friday morning, James watched an officer shoot the raccoon to put it out of its misery. So that raccoon was just sitting there burning alive for the time it took for him to light the match and throw the gasoline, the time it took for the neighbor to call the police, and the time it took for the police to get there. Raccoon was still alive, just burning the fuck up like Joan of Arc. Now, I know that you can, you can, have, you can have guns in Florida. Yeah. There's no excuse. Like, tip one out for the raccoon, for one. Please don't burn raccoons. I guess that's the point. Any vermin. Yeah, you should have known, guy. You should have known. 
Two police shot and killed the raccoon. He may now have to explain his actions to some disturbed neighbors. I never would have believed he would have done that, said Nancy Gill, a neighbor. James have been James and Gill have been neighbors for 20 years. I sure thought... <laughs> I sure hope he thinks about it because God don't want us to do stuff like this, she said. That's true. I'm not going to catch no more because I learned my lesson, James said. Nope, I'm done with that. You're never too old to learn a lesson. He's done with burning raccoons alive for eating his mangoes. (laughs) For eating his mangoes. I wish the interviewer had gone into more detail about how many mangoes there were, how fresh they were. why uh, Why don't we hear from the horse's mouth? the raccoon-killing, mango-eating horse's mouth. Eight-year-old, first time I ever have gone to jail. I never thought about killing nobody in my lifetime. No man, no woman, no kid. I throw some gas, gasoline on him and, 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 and draw a match. She, 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 she's, a, she's a wicked woman. James is originally from Jamaica and says oh. he did not know authorities would have humanely euthanized the raccoon. Now, if you find this out about one of your neighbors, Adam, would this make you want to uh, avoid him or start partying with him? No, I'd be cool with it. I think it's just, uh, I think it's just like innocent. It's the same thing as like grandma racism. It's just like old school way right. of thinking. They're just like, yeah, you know, like we used to do in the old country, uh, burn raccoons with uh, gasoline. So I ask you again. <laughs> Um, would this make you want to party with the guy more? Because he's like a cool old guy that still like does Dude, it by would, his own makes his own rules. I would totally want to want to party with this guy. He's the raccoon burner. Like I mean, he did apologize. Yeah, not to the raccoon, but I forgive him to the neighbors. I don't care if you apologize to the raccoon. I would record. I would come outside and start playing like Slayer or something while the raccoon burns. It is fucked up though. Burning raccoons is not cool. I'm not saying to go out there and torture animals to death, but if a raccoon's going to eat your mango, set that motherfucker up. All right. Well, that was the news. <laughs> the news. <laughs> Let's go to Adam's Corner. So uh, I'm going to title this Adam's Corner, That Time I Dated a Space Vampire. So uh, so remember, we did an episode not too long ago, the Life, Life Force episode, one of my all-time favorite Toby Hooper movies. And uh, in it, there was a space vampire chick who was beautiful and naked and walking around all beautiful and naked. Remember that, Bobby? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so anywho, in that episode, I remember saying, because uh, I listened to our podcast, because I'm vain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, I listened to it, and I'm saying, like, hey, you asked me if I was in that situation, and it was a space vampire, and, you, and I knew they were going to drain the life right out of me, would I, would I do it, or would I not do it, knowing the consequences? And obviously, what did I say, Bobby? You said you would. Of course I would. You know me. Everybody knows me. So I got the chance to meet... A very similar creature in real life. Beautiful young woman, um, built in all the right ways that I like. Was this recently? Yeah, this is recently. And this was since that episode, is what I'm saying. And uh, and uh, totally unavailable, 100% unavailable. You know how I'm attracted to that. Um, so anywho, this girl was like a succubus. Like, when I got around her, I could just feel my life force being pulled out of my body. You know, there was no, like, creepy blue lightning, unfortunately, but I, I just knew it was happening. And this was, like, from the first moment I, I, I came into contact with this woman. And obviously, I was completely and, and irresistibly drawn back to that, you know? So I went through, like, a, mo- a month-long love affair um, with the succubus. 
Okay, so uh-huh. th- a fairy tale would call that situation love at first sight. Nah, I wouldn't go that far. But a reasonable person would call that situation a terrible fucking idea. Of course, it's always a terrible idea right. with me. Anytime, just I, so long as you know. Anytime I get that, but I see a girl and I'm like, oh my god, like she's like shining out of the whole darkness of this world around us where we're drunk. Like that girl's beautiful. It's I time to be skeptical. I know it's trouble. I know it's trouble. And I always say like, there's a voice, the, the voice in me that's like, hey Adam, walk away. But I don't ever listen to that voice. I listen to all the other voices. They're like, yeah, get on that. Go at it like a bitch, like our president would say. And so, uh, right. so yeah. Needless to say, I, I spent a month and a half like feeding this woman tacos. Um, all of the uh, the disgusting, you know, me getting my ass kicked uh, fantasies I like to live out. It all happened. It oh was- my! All right. What? I know we've given you some rope to get a little more vulgar on Adam's corner, uh-huh. but now I think you're just taking advantage. It was a lot of fun, Bobby. You should but try for sparing the details. You should let your wife beat you up a bit. <laughs> In the bedroom. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. All right. Just say slap me as hard as you can, bitch. I'm, and when you call her bitch, she'll do it. All right. And then you're like, let's yeah. move on from this. So what? We're wrapping up my Adam's Corner no, already? No, no, no. Jesus Christ. So yeah, I've, uh, I've because of that, I've been looking into a lot of, of, of history of my, um, my, my favorite fictional and non-fictional character ever, Dracula. I love fucking Dracula. There's Dracula on the wall right there, Christopher Lee. I talk about Dracula a lot. So, uh, so anywho, in in my findings, like I'm really starting to think that there are cryptids out there. And I don't know if you call a vampire a cryptid, but there are people that aren't like really people. I don't know if this girl was actually like a succubus or actually a space member. She's gone. She's like vanished from from like my world now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I'll regain my 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 vigor and my life force that I lost. But right. But I tell you, she comes back. Oh, drain me dry, honey. What? Okay. What? So let's let's unpack this. Okay. Now I don't I don't necessarily believe in a like a indisputable scientific slash spiritual entity called a succubus, like sure. a sentient thing mm-hmm. from an either world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I believe that those types of like, like demons in general or whatever, whatever spiritual being we apply like identity to them. Right. So when that kind of behavior is, is practiced from a young lady, mm-hmm. that's when we, you know, in, in that kind of response from you, that's when we create the archetype of the succubus. Yeah, I don't even think she was doing it on purpose. Right. It was just like, I don't think, I don't even think she has that effect on everybody. It was just on me. I was like, oh my God, just, I can feel you pulling my soul out of my body. I bet you pull something else out of my pants. Okay. And she did. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, I, I, I spent a month with a space vampire. I think maybe what happened, Bobby, to go back to what you were saying, is maybe there were these monsters back in the ancient times, like in Castlevania, in the early 12 to 1700s. And those monsters, these vampires like Dracula and these succubuses, maybe they bred with humans, right? And so generations ago... These cryptid creatures inbreded with humanity. Kind of like how you're obsessed with Bigfoot, right? And it goes back to my theory that you are part Bigfoot. Maybe great-great-grandma fucked a Sasquatch and we got you. So what I'm saying is with this girl, maybe great-great-great-grandma was uh, was an evil space vampire whore succubus. And it's just passed on. And it's just, it's in her blood. Right. And me... I don't know what the fuck I came from, but I'm like, yeah. I'll you're like a uh, give it all. You're like a, a your great great grandmother had a three way with a um, 
an air horn, uh-huh. and a potato salad. <laughs> Booyah! And that's what we got today. <laughs> Bound for world domination. Have I ever gone into this podcast about how I plan on taking over the world? Yeah, you have. Okay. Um, uh, so anyways, I don't know where I'm going with all that. I'm reading a book that you gave me about Dracula too. So, uh, so I plan on finding out the secret history of how ancient monsters and cryptids did breed into humanity. I'm going to start a whole thing on this. I'm going to write a book. Uh, bred into humanity to create the, the evil mix mash of people that we have today. There's people out there that make money spewing up that kind of shit. It's so. true. More power to you. I like money. Oh, I miss my succubus. All right. Moving on. Moving on to the main event. Yeah. The main event. Episode two, double feature of Italy. Mamma mia. Versus Japan. That's a fight gong, not a like. Kitchen gong. Not a stereotype gong. Wait. It's like it. it, Fight. It signals the fight. Like in Mortal Kombat. Right. Yeah. It's like a tournament. With the gong show. And tonight, in this corner, we have Burial Ground, the Knights of Terror. A professor opens a crypt and reanimates rotten corpses. The zombies attack a jet-set group, which is celebrating a party in a villa nearby. And in the other corner, Evil Dead Trap. A TV station employee takes a camera crew out to an abandoned factory to investigate a purported snuff film that was made there, only to end up running for her life when a small, fetus-like creature murders her crew. <laughs> That's a fucking spoil, spoiler. That's a total film. spoiler. I'm glad well, we didn't read that before we watched the movie. Yeah, right? And uh, that's not even that really accurate. Yeah, well, we'll get into it. Um, okay. So, Italy versus Japan. Here's the first one, Burial Ground. Burial Ground... So we've come back from watching 1981's Burial Ground. Yeah. I'm a lot more energetic this time. Yeah, Now that we're back, I feel great after watching that film. Yeah, you do, do you? Because I love it. I love it. It's not that lovable, Bobby. Listen, listen. Okay. Okay. Here's how I describe it. That movie was an hour 25, right? Which is a respectable length of time for a movie. However, the way it was shot was so slow. If that movie was cut down to a clean... 46 minutes it'd be like the best fucking movie ever ever wow so runtime was the uh no deal, deal breaker it, no no you. it's not runtime bobby it's it's la- it's it's waste of film there's so many shots that are so fucking slow let me watch the zombie walk for 17 minutes and not do anything all right we'll get into it but let me do box art review real okay. quick no frills, just chills. An over-the-top gory gym that grabs you and doesn't let you go, even though it seems like it's probably pretty easy to, to, to be let go. Mm-hmm. Classic Italian horror that will leave your heart racing at a re- reasonable pace. Mm. And saying, yeah, it has its moments. It has its moments, Bobby. That's exactly my feeling on Burial Ground, The Nights of Terror. Burial Ground was a direct, directed... Burial Ground was directed by Andre- Andrea Bianchi, who is a man. 
Andrea Bianchi. I would argue that this is a good intro to exploitation. No. If you want to know no. what exploitation looks like, no. and you want something that's watchable and pretty fun, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Watch Miss 45. Okay. All right. What? Abel what? Ferreira. I don't know if I would... I would Watch fucking All right. Blackula. All right. If you want to know what horror exploitation looks like, <sighs> Burial Ground's a good place to start. No, it's not. Uh, listen, I have to disagree. Look, there's a lot better grindhouse movies than this movie. And it was a grind to get through. And oh, it wasn't okay. a house. So I guess it does classify as grindhouse. Adam, let me cut you off right there. Yeah. What is 1981's Burial Ground even about? Okay, so it's about this, this professor guy. And he finds an old relic. And he's like, oh my God, it's amazing. I've discovered it. And then he goes out to these Roman catacombs that are right behind the mansion he's staying in. And he's going through an amphitheater. And when he gets to the bottom, he starts dinking a hole in a wall. And all of a sudden, zombies wearing burlap sacks get up and attack him and bite him and kill him. Right. Yeah. I did get some troll too, um, like kind of vibes from the burlap sacks. I was like, is that just a Italian thing? You just put burlap sacks on the uh, on the villains? What I think it was was the the, these guys it was just for costumes. It was like, okay, let's how do we make all the zombies look the same? They were monks or some shit. I don't know. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so this this is a very like Fulci style zombie. This is an Italian zombie. Lots of maggots on its face. Let's just get this out of the way. Worms. I was thinking about the different types of zombies. You sure. have like your voodoo zombies, you yeah. have your Romero zombies black and white Romero zombies you have your bluish tinted ones mm-hmm. um, you have the fast ones from uh, 28 days 28 later, days later. Mm-hmm. you have fun rock and roll ones from Return of the Living Dead yep, yep. Um, that can say brain and this is an Italian send more police describe to me what an Italian zombie looks like what these Italian zombie looks like they look really earthy like they just came out of the dirt that's really what they always look like they look like ghouls yeah their faces are all gnarled up and they have like teeth sticking out and some are missing eyes and some just have an eye and some have worms that are crawling out of their eye socket I mean all in all with the with the exception of a couple where they obviously ran out of masks to put on guys the zombies look pretty cool um, their faces now their costumes they're wearing burlap sacks all of them they're all fucking burlap zombies. I don't get it. What you realize too with Italian horror, I th- I would, I think you could make the argument in general. Um, they show their cards really early. It's not like this like creeping death kind of like oh my god, what is the monster? Right. It's off in the shadows. It's just like nope, fully lit shot. Here's, Here's your fucking sp- spooky zombies. I also would give that to the credit of this movie is terrible and that's why they did that. I I don't want to think all just Italian say, Adam, movies. You don't like fucking. Exploitation movies. That's fucking horrible. I don't like this fucking movie, Bobby. And I told you exactly why. It's a short movie, which is good for movies like this, but it just fucking takes so long. There's so much filler. There's so much filler. Now, the kind there was a couple things that were great about it. Like, what happens next is three couples show up at the mansion, mm-hmm. and I guess they're the boss of that professor guy. They're like well-to-do... Uh, Italian nobility? Uh, maybe so. This Something is, like this that. Is set in the it 80s. doesn't really explain that. But they have a, one of them has a child with them. The creepiest looking 12 year old, and I say 12 year old with air quotes, 12 year old child actor I've ever seen in my life, a gentleman by the name of Peter Bark. Now, Peter Bark, and you, you soon find out that. Pietro Bazzacchini. Is this him? Yeah. Yeah. Pietro Bazzacchini. Pietro Barzocchini is a grown man that's very short and like feeble looking, so he could he could pull off 
sort of. He's more. a midget, but he doesn't have like the, the the stereotypical midget body type. What? Well, there's dwarves and there's midgets, and then there, I mean, they're all just little people now. Sure. So he's a midget. It says right there. He's the uh, he was a uh, a supremely creepy and unnerving Italian midget thespian. There you go. So he's like proportioned. Like a like, like a, a probably like a nine year old. Yeah, he's proportioned like a nine year old, but he's looks like he's he's thirty. Yeah, and Benjamin Button style. When you first see him, you're just kind of like, yeah, that's a weird looking kid, and then you realize like that is definitely a grown man. That's a grown man. He looked like Maggie Smith. <laughs> he did. He looked like he was in Hogwarts. So, anyways, these three couples uh, move in together. And well, they they go into this house together, and immediately all the three couples go off and start having sex. Now, this is where the movie gets good in my mind, because these hot Italian birds are showing their hot Italian tits. And there's some good tit action in this film. There, There is not an unattractive woman right. in this film. There's no. No, there's not. All the, it makes all, me think, it'll, is Italy the same way, just in general? I, I want to go to Italy. I've been. It's pretty good. Yeah? Pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty solid little country. They got the, that nice, the, lady, the lady game is pretty good. There, that nice olive tan. That's more Sicilians. Oh, okay. So there's like pale ones too? Yeah. Ooh. When you think of Italians in our country, you think of like the Sicilians, the Godfather, the Goodfellas, yeah, people, yeah. people in New York. I know those, those are people. all Those are all Sicilians. So anyways, um, the first couple, okay, there's Mustache Man, mm-hmm. and he says probably one of my favorite lines I've ever heard in a film. So uh, his, his woman... Is uh, is dancing around uh, in a little corset with like go-go boots and like his little panties on, really sexy little outfit. And uh, he's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Where did you find that?" And she's like, "Oh, it was in a, it was in a, in a, in a drawer in the next room. It was room in a over. trunk. It was in a trunk. It was a trunk right over." He's like, "Oh, you think maybe it was the the so and so's grandpa's mistresses?" He's like, "Well, maybe he wore it himself." Ha ha ha. And so they get up, and he's like, just kind of this like masculine, like weird looking mustache dude. And the line he says to his woman is you look just like a little whore but i like that look on you yeah i mean I do that's too. a great line I, li- I like that look on that lady too to oh be honest my with you. But god i was i was more befuddled at the fact that a lady found an old piece of lingerie corset in mm-hmm. a trunk and was like i should put this on for my and then it fit her perfectly i would hope that if my woman found a you don't know where that's been though i don't care i know i don't care bobby it's sexy put it on and then take it off for me. So anyways, there's a good scene of her breasts. And then it it like flashes to a different scene of breasts. I'm like, wait, those aren't the same tits. And it's a totally different couple that are having sex in another room. So on paper, what's really interesting about this as far as your perception of it is like, it seems like it's right up your alley. Right. It really is. Kind of like Children of the Night. When we watched that, we're like, everything we're describing sounds like an awesome movie. Right, right, right. I mean, I love Burial Ground, but don't, but what I'm saying is like, Tits, gore, right. zombies, all that shit. So that's, far, all that's this all, stuff sounds that's like... That's all in Adam's wheelhouse. Exactly. It's all the things that I like in movies, you know? And so uh, so this, this is a really creepy scene. So this couple's having sex, and the door opens up. And they sit there, and she's sitting there on the bed. Very slow shadow. Slow, slow shadow, shadow moves. And it's the boy. Okay, so there's like 30 seconds. Because again, the way this movie is filmed, they film every scene for as long as they fucking possibly can. I... I think you gotta hit that runtime. Gotta use I, that. That's what they did. That union money they from the uh, Italian government. This movie would have been great in an hour. Oh, dude, it would have been a great. It would be like the best movie ever if it was just an hour long. Uh, so, anyways, so the the kid walks in, creepy man child walks in. Now, in all this time, the mother's in bed 
with her tits hanging out. She, while the 30 second slow shadow is moving towards the door, she has ample time to cover up her breasts, to right. cover herself. So the boy walks in the door and then it goes back to showing the, the couple and she's just sitting there with her tits hanging out. She then stands up, mm-hmm. butt naked, runs across the room, bush hanging out, tits hanging out, picks up her, uh, her nighty gown off the floor and holds it in front of her as if she was gonna protect herself. Mm-hmm. And it shows her son, and it flashes back to her. She's pulled the nighty down to still reveal her tits to her son. Right. She's like, Michael, what are you doing here? You know, well, remind me to come back to this. Yeah, later. this was remind really, me to come back to this later. This is an unnerving because we could really dive into this beautiful scene, but I don't want to spoil quite yet. So, uh, so yeah, she's like, get out of here, kid. And it flashes to the third couple, and they're banging or something, too. But the girl's like, I had a bad dream. We're all going to die. And they're like, whatever, Julie, shut up. <laughs> so then- Fucking Julie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we go to the next morning, and uh, apparently the, the the professor, they're studying ancient Etruscan magic, and the, the, the one girl's like, we're all going to die. And they're like, oh, you're dumb. Shut up. Let's go. And so everybody, all the couples go their separate ways out of the property. And the the the, the blonde cutie that, that had the dream, she's running around with her boyfriend. She's a model, so she's real dumb. There's a point in this film pretty. where she says, uh, I've always been terrified of the dead. Yeah. That's like her phobia. I'm like, I'm afraid of the dead. Deadophobia? Yeah. Like, get over Necrophobia. it. Necrophobia. Get over it, bitch. So she's out there getting pictures taken, and she's following around. And then it shows the burlap zombies making their way out of the tomb. Okay. Let's let's paint this picture real quick. This movie is slow pans, <sighs> swift zoom. Yeah. Slow pan, swift zoom. And the zombies... Not only are the pants slow, the zombies are slow as fuck. The zombies make the Romero zombies look like Kenyans. Yeah. Romero zombies look like Jesse Owens. <laughs> and so the, the zombies are wearing these burlap tunics. I mean, I'm, I get that they're Italian, but they have to be wearing tunics. Like, come on. They're, uh, I think they're like clergy, though. And also, tunics are basically, in this movie at least, potato sacks. And I think it's just cheap. Too. It was really cheap. They just use a lot of burlap. So then it, the zombies are going out towards the couples that are outside. And the couple with the creepy kid are downstairs. Uh, one of the, the husband's trying to teach the wife to shoot statues point blank with handguns while the kid's in the other side of the room. That right. Makes sense. So another thing to, to mention, and now's as good a time as anything, everything is very abrupt in this film. It's slow. Mm. As much as it takes a time, like every transition is super abrupt, and, and they don't ease you into either the story or the shots. Right. Just like this weird, frazzled uh, uh, cocktail of uh, gore, right? And then slow pants. Um <laughs> And on top of that, it's one of the most hilariously dubbed movies in English I've ever I've ever seen. If you speak Italian, I would recommend watch it in English. Yeah, just watch it in funny. English, even oh, if you don't speak English. Oh, mama. So think of a twenty-six-year-old midget playing like a nine-year-old boy, going mama, mama, mama. And this is the kid in the statue uh, shooting range. Yeah, 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 the statue shooting room. Range. So he's telling his mama there's a piece of cloth that smells like death, and she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, a zombie walks in and walks very, very slowly towards them. And then the husband starts shooting at the zombies, and every time he shoots it, it slowly shows ooze, green ooze coming out of the zombies. Let's back up for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Bark. Bark. Yeah. The little boy yeah. is actually a man. Grown man. <laughs> yeah. He picks up an old dirty rag. Yeah. And he's like, Mama, this smells like a death. She's like, put my underwear away. 
and I'm and I'm going. Uh, they they responded very casually to this this comment. Uh-huh. Um, if if my child knew the smell of death, right? He's fucking grounded. He's grounded. He's grounded for a while. Like why why would you know that? Why you know that? Go to your room. Go to your. room. I don't room. want to hear that. Think about what you've done, knowing the smell of death. <laughs> How dare you? So the zombie walks in. You'd at least have some questions for him. I'd ask the question, how do you know what the smell of death is? When his real father died, he was sniffing the corpse, apparently. Okay. Corpse sniffer. So, uh... Mama, daddy smell like a pizza pie. <laughs> so the burlap zombies walk in and start slowly, slowly making their way to the dad character here, who starts shooting at him, doesn't shoot him in the head at all, just shoots him all in the belly so Green Ooze can show up. And then they get him, which takes forever, and they rip out his guts, which is cool looking. And I love how some of these zombies, are just like they're just fiddling in his guts. Let's talk about how the zombies look for a minute. Let's do the roster. So I have Frankenstein, Boris Karloff yeah, zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's Gene Hackman zombie. Yeah, there's Gene Hackman. I saw him. There's Abe Vigoda Abe zombie. Abe Vigoda was in it. Yeah. There's Son of Godzilla zombie. Yo, that was the best one, yeah. Yeah, I liked him. And then there's like one random dude with like... It's like they ran out of makeup budget, yeah, and they're yeah. just like, just make him look like a Romero zombie. Well, we have one extra burlap sack. We don't want it to go to waste. Right. And Wait, uh, we have one extra burlap sack. We don't want it to go to waste. Right. <laughs> um, and it, I just started thinking, like, in the narrative of the story, like, maybe that guy's not actually a zombie. He's right. just like a shunned homeless man who's yeah. clean shaven for some reason and they just like he he's made like it i'm gonna hang out i'm gonna hang out with the woodland zombie and gang. The, the burlap zombies like you're cool yeah you're cool it's fine he smoked him out so then the zombies start attacking him uh but they don't get anybody you know the one guy got his guts fiddled in right right but the, all the people outside there's two couples outside who are making out because that's all they do they're italians and then the zombies come out there and like oh my there's zombies let's let's walk briskly and get away from the fucking zombies and so there's like 20 minutes of them running through the fucking yard to get away from zombies the blonde chick even runs into a bear trap yes because there's a bear trap yeah i don't think there's bears in italy maybe i'm wrong what is that bear trap there for right zombies yeah What's maybe it's time? for the zombies it's like a nice manicured imagine like a garden in a european via villa villa whatever and uh there's just the, there's flowers, beautiful flowers. There's beautiful bushes that are well groomed and manicured. Right. And a fucking bear trap. Bear trap. Just sitting there. You know, we'd right, in the, in. right on the trail, right on the nature trail. Right in the thick of things. So let me let me explain a couple lines that have happened. Lines from us, our viewing experience. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that we said during the process of this. Here, here's the first one. This is from the, during the, the bear trap scene. Yeah. Because basically, if you wanted to just take an ex- excerpt of the script to to uh describe this movie it would just be like no 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 let me go oh 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 like that's literally 70 percent of the, this fucking movie yeah it's just like italian broads sc- moaning moaning and screaming right so uh my wife is in the kitchen <laughs> while we're watching this film she's doing the dishes where what she should, what be, she doing. should be doing right yeah um and uh, she she can only hear it. She goes, are they just having hot sex right now? <laughs> and then I said, no, a girl just stepped in a bear trap. <laughs> and then she said, well, it sounds like a big fuck fest is going on. <laughs> and then you said later on at some point, you said, why didn't they just get in their cars? <laughs> right. right. And then later in the movie, you said, your shoulder punches aren't working. <laughs> 
Yeah, when they try to kill these zombies, he's like, I got to stick. I'm going to beat him in the shoulder. So this is this is one of those films that I watch with Adam, and I'm I'm thinking like. This oh god! This is one of those ones where Adam's just going to be triggered by the logical <laughs> fallacies of it all. So I'm many. Like, okay, first of all, this is a fucking exploitation Italian horror movie with zombies in it. We got to take it for what it is, right? And in you know, a big part of this show is 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 dissecting and and pointing out the logical fallacies. But it got to the point where I'm just like. You need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Please shut the fuck up. I get it. There's so many, gl- and I, I'm, those are Just all forgivable. Embrace to me. it. It's embrace forgivable it. to me. What I think this movie would be great if all the long pan shots, it was just played in like quadruple time. You know where you hit like fast forward twice, so it's like four times speed. If the whole movie, other than like the tit scenes and like the gore scenes, they could have slowed those down. Yeah, we're just sped up. And again, this movie was an hour long, forty eight minutes long. This Mama. movie would be perfect. They need more of that. They need more of that. Okay, so they start shooting the zombies in the gut. Yeah. Slow as fuck zombies. Yeah. Seriously, they could have just walked at a brisk pace and yeah. easily gotten away. Easily. There were some around their car. They could have, like, walked up and pushed them over yeah, and they got were, in they their car. Yeah, they very brittle. He's <laughs> like, all right, zombie, they fuck, got fuck better. you. They got better <laughs> as they went on. Like pushing over a broomstick. All right, get out of here, zombie. Uh, yeah, the zombies do eventually get smarter or at least more utilitarian. Yeah. Which also doesn't make any fucking sense. So they start shooting the zombies in the gut. Now, even if you don't come from a world of pop culture that you've seen in which zombies, like, you know that they're shot in the head. Right. Will kill them. Like, why, why would, shoot them in the gut? Why, yeah. Why you can do that? Just, sh- like, you know that people die when you shoot them in the head. Mm-hmm. Just shoot them in the head. They're slow enough. So you can get right up on them. Fucking point blank. So you're, Reservoir right, dog you're style. right now bitching about the logical fallacies of this movie. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like I'm not saying it didn't bother me, but at the same time, I was like, this is a silly Italian horror movie, so we're going we're gonna to let that slide. But I'm just saying, like, in context, realistically... Just if you got to shoot someone, shoot to kill. Yeah, whether it be a burglar or a uh, raccoon mm-hmm. or a zombie or a neighbor, whatever. So uh, she was a wicked woman. So uh, I don't know. Again, with this movie, it's like so little happens in so long a time. So the zombies show up. They fuck. Right, they go in that in the yard. The zombies come after the them. The zombies, fuck. No, I'm starting from the beginning of the movie. Okay, here's the whole movie. Okay, okay. There's 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 a guy. He finds a tablet. Zombies come. Other people show up at the house. They all fuck. Zombies show up. Chase those people around. There's people go in the house. The zombies learn to use tools. They escape the house while half the people die, and they go somewhere else. And the zombies are there, and they kill them. In the end. Right, but that's not the end. No, that's not because okay. Not we have stuff. all these pretty cool gore, slow pan, fast zoomed zombie expositions, right? Mm-hmm. And it's your classic siege zombie siege situation. Zombies are trying to get in the house. Sure, there you go. That's the story. Right, but we we take another layer, and we say let's make this more exploitation. Mm-hmm. Let's throw in. What is the most global taboo on the planet, with some very few exceptions? Um, fanny packs? Worse. Oh. Incest? You got it. Right. You got it. You got it. Right. So going back to the way the mother responded to little Peter Burke. Bark. Bark. Mm-hmm. The little 26-year-old man midget that's playing a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. When he walked in the room at the beginning, she seemed to be a bit of a tease about it yeah so, look, look at my tits kid 
Right. Repeatedly. And like, that's a pretty hot mom. Like, Oh, she was hot. Her tits were great. Like, if your mom is that hot, like, maybe. No, Bobby, no. <laughs> no. Maybe, but, but- I have like no morals when it comes to so there, 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 stuff, there, but no. There is a scene in which um, the uh, boy and his mom, they've realized what's going on. They've there's, escaped into the house. There's zombies with weapons outside. Yeah, there's zombies that could use tools now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we brought and that up. And they've kind of come tools. into this like, uh, this like uh, what is it, like a entryway with like a bench? But anyway, you got hot Italian mom and weird uh, midget son. Now that all midgets are weird, but this one is. Just get on with it. Quit apologizing. Uh, Maggie Smith. <laughs> Just quit apologizing. Prepubescent Maggie Just Smith. Just get on with it. Um, and they're all distraught, right? <laughs> they're ready to like, like, oh my God, what's going on? They're sitting on a bench together. They're sitting on a bench together. She's like comforting him physically. Hugging. And then what happens? And then he's like, mama, mama, I love you so much. And he starts fondling her breast with his weird little hand. She's not wearing any underwear. Well, they start kind of like, Kissing each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Like on the cheek, real close to the mouth, and then it gets closer to the mouth. I'm like, ah, oh, these are just Ita- this is just Europeans. Like yeah. this is not that uncommon, right? No, right, right. The Italians no. all kiss their parents on the lips. Not like this, they don't. But this was a little more uh, sensual. Then he whips out her massive, amazing titty through her dress and starts fondling it. And with the other hand, starts going up her skirt. He's like, Mama, when I was little, I always liked to be so close to your breasts. I love them. I love feeling so close to you. Mama, so close to you. And he's like trying to feel her up. And then she's like, no, and slaps him in the face. He slaps him in the face. And he has this look on his face like, well, you let me do it yesterday. Right. That's the thing. It's like, well, has she gone here before? Has she Asia Argento'd this before? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's topical. (laughs) Or uh, has she flirted with the idea, like, she's just tempting him, like, through his whole life. Like, yeah. I'm your hot mom. Check out my sweet rack. Like, and he's just like, I'm not made of Teflon. <laughs> I'm not, I can't just, like, not try to fuck my hot mom. Oh, my God. You know? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, Happens but, a lot but, but he goes for it in mm-hmm. this scene. She's mm-hmm. distraught, you know. It might be his last opportunity, considering the zombie situation. Right, and she slaps him in the face, and you—it's still ambiguous. You don't know if she was ever into it, or she kind of subconsciously was into it, or something has ever happened before. Either way, it looks like he's just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, right, right. Like I, I've totally fucking felt you felt you up before, mom. Right. Like why, why you slapping me for this time, mom? Yeah. Without, and she's probably like, because there's zombies everywhere, kid. Like no, now's not the time. Now's not, not the time to fuck your for mother. For incestuous uh, <laughs> experience. Yeah. So uh, so he goes running off crying. Maybe his timing was just bad. Yeah. Like if they were in just like a normal kind of slightly drunken situation, it would have been fun. Why would a nine year old be drunk? It's Italy. Yeah, that's true. So uh, a couple people have already died at this point. You know, one lady, uh, the little whore, got her face pulled into a, a piece of glass, and it was awesome looking, and she came back as a zombie. And then the the maid, they sent the maid across the house. Hey, go, go just check around the house by yourself. You know, whatever. There's zombies everywhere. So she goes, and like a zombie throws a nail. She's on the second floor, and they throw a nail and catch her hand, and her hand gets nailed to the thing. So zombies have really good aim, apparently. And then she's like stuck, like hanging her head out the window, and the zombies reach a scythe 
with up a fucking death raper thing mm-hmm. and just cut her head off. It's amazing. That's a great. That, yeah, that's a great slow. I mean, I think slow pace was necessary for that for, that. for death scenes. Sure. And then I'm just like, oh, for they, zombies walking fucking nonsensically. You don't need to see twenty like, minutes of that. Then they were like, give me the volleyball that has the wig on it, and then it just kind of falls, <laughs> and the zombies uh, at the bottom of the building take the lady's head, but it's really just a ball. Yeah. And then the mustache guy shows up and sees her corpse, like just sitting there. He's like, well, I'm gonna push this out the window. So he pushes right. the corpse out the window, but it's still hanging on because the nail in its hand, and the zombies like slowly pull the body down, and her hand gets Again, cut in half. Again, it has its moments. It has its moments. It's nothing spectacular, but nothing exploitation really is. Right. So It's just pure, like, here's some fucked up shit. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so the little whore who was a zombie, she woke up, and Michael, the creepy young kid, comes up to her. He's like, oh, are you okay, little whore, or whatever your name is? And then she starts chomping on him. And then Mama goes and finds him, and his arm's torn off, and her friend, the zombie, is just sitting there happily munching away on his arm. And mm. she goes crazy and smashes her zombie friend's head into a bathtub, which is awesome. It's a great scene. She did love her son, but we don't know if, did she love him physically? We don't know. I, the, the whole movie should have been about that. Okay. I'm sure there are Italian movies that are. You know, are. to be fair, we did rewind uh, that <laughs> that incest uh, uh, mama, solicitation mama. pretty pretty extensively. Like, probably about three or four times. We just wanted to make sure we got the gist. We wouldn't like, know what was really happening. Did this just happen? Yeah. Pinch me. Am I dreaming? <laughs> so, uh, so then, uh, I don't know, a lot of other people die. They get eaten by zombies very slowly. And then, and then they escape. So you, what you have to realize... So they don't go film, to the cars still. What you have to realize is this is just Italian zombies plus Siege. That's the plot, right? Yeah. And, and, and horny and Italians. Horny Italian, like, yeah. Italian. Yeah. But, like, the again, the layer of quote-unquote plot is this dynamic between the uh, weird uh, uh, midget boy, yeah. Maggie Smith, and, and Mama. his hot... Italian mom. Mama. Oh, man. She was so um, hot. So there. I guess the climax is they get out of there and they go to a monastery and they see some monks walking around in robes. And they're like, oh, let's go talk to those monks. They can help it out. And so there's there's four of them left. There's a mustache. There's a little blonde dumb chick and then mama and uh, and and a little blonde's husband or some shit. And so mustache man goes and talks to the monks. Well, guess what? They're not monks. They're zombies. They start eating them and fiddling in his guts again. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's only the three and left. It, it did look like canned cranberry sauce yeah. on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it did. Like, and the zombies weren't even eating it. It's just like I'm sticking my hands in there and playing with it. Yeah, like Mama Zombie, like don't play with your food. Yeah, zombie, no, you go ahead and eat that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, then, like, there's three people left, and then they go into like a basement or something. I don't know. And the zombies get in, and one of the guys starts fighting the zombies by hitting him in the shoulder with a fucking stick. Oh yeah, and then by the way, there's a lot of like uh, skull bashing. In this they had movie. already realized that beating them, shooting them, or bashing them in the head was the way to do it. And I feel like a lot of those shots were recycled. Oh God, so many recycled shots. There will be like there'll be like there was a scene with like a was it a. Uh, Bow and arrow or something, or there was shotgun. a shotgun. Shotgun, maybe 
where like someone shoots a zombie and you keep seeing the zombie before it keeps it zooming shot. in on the zombie's the zombie, face and then it shows the shot where its head explodes it's like a completely different, different zombie. zombie totally different zombie it's like we just showed 17 seconds of zooming in on this one zombie face and they didn't even shoot that zombie like you'd think if you wanted to hide that you wouldn't show the zombie so much so they're going through all this disarray all this chaos with the zombies yeah. and then who shows up it's little Michael it's a little boy zombie and he walks up and mama's like Michael it's you I love you you can have my breast here look at my brother she like rips his tits out or tits right out for him. so i guess she's uh feeling guilt or regret or whatever thinking that like maybe this this maybe my son won't be a zombie if i let him uh uh suck suckle, on my titty so you know what i think was the problem his... is she like breastfed that kid his whole life that's yeah, that's a good theory it's probably what happened but here's here's my takeaway from that scene so this is i guess the climax yeah. like the yeah, the yeah, kid yeah. shows up he's a zombie yeah um and then he starts and she's like I just want you back. I'll give you whatever you want, kind of thing. Her mm-hmm. character's like, I just want to accommodate you, yeah. even though it's incestuous and weird. Right. So she pulls out her tits and and he starts sucking. Starts sucking. So so zombies mm-hmm. are are id. They're the Freudian id, right? What? I want what I want and I want it now. I'm I'm hardwired for one thing only, just primal fucking. That's kind of how I live my life. Right. Um. Michael zombie, this little boy, yeah. the little boy, makes you think maybe they're taking that id concept of the zombie to the next level and thinking like, what did he really want? Like most zombies just want to eat, eat brains, or whatever. He would eat his mom's tits. This guy just wanted to like fucking fuck his mom. Yeah, right. So you're thinking like, oh, maybe like you're you're kind of in the role of the mother. You're like maybe maybe if he just she just gives in. Because he's a zombie. Wow, you're um, thinking a lot into this. He'll body. be he'll be cured, right? No, it never happens so, like that. You always want more. So Michael, like serial killers. Michael makes you think that maybe they're taking the id zombie to the next level with the, that character's weird incestuous attraction to his mother. But nope, not at all. He just wanted to bite off uh, his mom's nipple. He bit her nipple off. Because he's a zombie. It was fucking awesome. So it flips it around, then flips it right back. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, he's sucking on it for a minute. He's like, oh, I love it when you suck on my titty, Michael. And chomp. Bites the nipple right off. It's gory. So that happens, and then uh, the the zombies in the basement have a bandsaw they turn on, and they're about to bandsaw the, the blonde chick's husband. And blonde chick's there screaming and moaning as she's been doing the whole movie. And the zombie hands come over her. The end. The end. The end. Um, so yeah, it has its moments. It's very fucked up. If you you start to realize why this uh, there was what it was it like child labor laws, which was a fucking good yeah, call. Yeah. So the reason no the, the reason that they used a twenty five year old man in this film is because Italy's laws at the time said that anything that had um, sexual content. Um, or especially incestual content. I think those laws are probably still in. in I would place. hope so. They can't have the, a child can't be in the movie at all. So you can't even have like gory movies with tits with children in it. So they needed a kid for the role. They found Peter Bark, who looks like a nine-year-old, even though he's thirty, and uh, the rest is history. I recommend you all look up Peter Bark and look at this man's face from this movie. Okay, yeah, he's a he's one of the reasons I would argue that this movie is most notable. I like Burial Ground. Yeah, it's all right. But that's not to say I don't have any alternative titles for it. Oh, really? Let's hear Let's hear what you got. Here's the first one. Pussy Smashing Skull Crushers. <laughs> I'd watch it. And then uh, Zombie 
panic. <laughs> zoom be panic. Oh. Because there's a lot of I get it. Zooms and, and pants. Yeah, I get it. Zom, zoom be panic. Yeah. It, you know, it, that's it, a good one, right? We get it. Yeah, you go on now. And then lastly, <laughs> Italians sure do like to fuck. They do. They do. I want to go to little, go to Italy now. I'll go to Little Italy. Is there any Little Italy's? Right I now? guess Zumbi Panic wins that one. Zumbi Panic. What was the first one? Pussy Smashing Skull Crushers. No, that one wins. All right. Pussy Smashing Skull Crushers is, I'm all about that. All about it. So I say again, if you want to see what horror exploitation <sighs> looks like, you. watch Barrel Ground. Watch The Beyond. Watch some fucking Fulci. Watch Mario Bava. Now, I will say this. The title of this show is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you haven't come to realize yet, it's about the fact that these films that we review are generally not for everyone. I would say The, the Burial Ground yeah. and this next film, this Japanese film called Evil Dead Trap that we watched Evil Dead Trap. are some of the most not for everyone films we've ever covered. So let's talk about Evil Dead Trap. So Evil Dead Trap, it's a, it's a Japanese film, 1988. It's, a, it's pretty gory. It's pretty graphically gory. It kind of is a slog, too. There were points where I was bored and I was like, okay, just get on with it. You know what I mean? But uh, but all in all, uh, all in all, it wasn't bad. Okay. I don't have any box art review for Evil Dead Trap. Really? Because I was so, like, just... We had to read it. Upset. And reading at the same time. Were you upset by this movie? Not. We'll get into it, but I. It's not a fun movie. I'll tell you that much. I like my horror to be fun. Uh huh. Um, but we'll go into more. This detail. is more visceral. This is a very visceral. The Japanese are either kooky, crazy house style, houseu mm-hmm. style, or just visceral, straight faced, fucked up. Yeah, this is really straight faced, fucked up. Um, so. Adam, let me ask you this. What is 1988's mm-hmm. Evil Dead Trap all about? It's about this TV lady. Her name is Nami, I think. And uh, and she has a TV show that's late at night, and it shows weird stuff. It shows, like, crocodiles eating pigeons and things like that. And what starts off, she's like, people, you've been sending in videos, and honestly, they're not that good. You need to step up your game. And that just takes, like, the whole, like, Japan's like that. They're just going to tell you, like, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, you're doing good by trying. They're like, nah, try harder. You suck. So uh, so somebody sends her a video, which is like a snuff video. And it's a great snuff video. I mean, it's like a lady chained up. And the video she gets, like, it starts off, it's like just driving. It's a car driving. It's like, what the fuck is this? Now, what, what is the connotation when you say great? What? What's a, what constitutes a great snuff film? I'm going to describe it in just a second. Is it like... Uh, is it like this? Is like the Godfather like, of Snuff. This is like the Godfather Two of Snuff. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, this video is weird because like the first five minutes of it is just like driving and like a car showing a car driving. And it shows up at a factory, and then they're inside the factory. You guess, and there's a chick just chained up, hanging there, and there's a sword or a knife. Like the camera is mounted to a knife. And the knife, like, cuts off her clothes, so you see tits immediately, which is great. And it, like, sticks in her skin, and it starts cutting upwards. And then it, like, slowly shows it poke into her eyeball. And the ooze, the eyeball goo starts showing up. It's just great. It was a great snuff film. Right. It wasn't real. Now, when you were watching this, on Mm -hmm. a scale of, like, one to Mick Jagger, how hard were you? I was like, um, I was like, uh, I was like a thin white duke. 
uh, David Bowie's, like a seven and a half, eight. Wow. Chili pepper in my ass and cocaine. But I wasn't quite Mick Jagger level. But if you knew if it, if you knew it was a real snuff film. Oh, I'd be hard as a rock. Oh, okay. No, uh, rock that, I was trying to give you an escape here. Oh, oh, wait, what? <laughs> if it was a real snuff film, you would be appalled. I would be disgusted. Disgusted. Disgustedly hard. Yeah, so. <laughs> We're on a list now. It's all jokes, people. It's all jokes. I'm not into that kind of thing. I hated that 8mm movie. Um, anyways. <laughs> that's why. That's why. So anyways, this, this reporter's like, we have to go investigate. We're going to drive out there and investigate this place, which is obviously a bad idea. But she wanted to find out uh, if this was a real snuff film or not. So she takes her all-girl reporter squad, and they decide to drive out there, follow the directions. How are they going to get there? They're going to follow the car driving in the video. Uh, they take one guy with them. They take one guy with them, Kondu, who is the guy that all the girls uh, can count on. Yeah. But it seems like no one really wants to fuck him, even though he doesn't have fucking one of them. Yeah. But there are these, like, subtle themes of, like, women's lib in this movie. Okay. Where, like, it's it's got these, like, we don't need no man to take us to the snuff film. We can handle ourselves. Right? At, at the snuff film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just got me thinking of a scenario in which, like, let's say, like, 1988 Japanese TV station. Yeah. And it's just like, sir, is there anything I can do for you to ensure that promotion? <laughs> I mean, anything at all. And then there's like this fat guy in a like a Armani suit yeah, yeah, with yeah. a big fat cigar, shark skin suit, yeah. And he's just like, sure you can, toots. Got a hot lead on a snuff film. <laughs> and like, anything at all? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want uh, anything at snuff film? Go investigate the snuff film. But it's the opposite of that, really, Bobby, because she goes and talks to her bosses, and they're like, yeah, 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 if you want to go out there, but we're not going to support you That's on true. Like, she's like, no, I want to go to the snuff film. Like, really? Yeah, really? she's very dedicated to investigating this. Um, it seems like a bad idea. Yeah, it does. It really does. So you know how in, in uh, Burial Ground you were frustrated by the logical fallacies mm-hmm. of it? I was, I was like that kind of with this movie. I'm like, hmm. Don't do that. Well, okay. Just don't do that. But there was no characterization in Burial Ground whatsoever. All these people were were tit-showing, moaning, skull-smashing fodder. That's all they were. Uh-huh. I didn't know who any of those people and were. And then a, a midget kid. And the midget kid with the incestors on. That's the only like actual plot I could think of in that movie. This, you're like getting to know the characters. There's the one girl who's a hoe, who goes out on dates every night. So uh, so a group of five women in Kondu. 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 They drive out there. They get there. They find the place. They get inside. And uh, immediately, they decide to split up. Great idea. Great idea. So two girls who we'll call Pink Shirt and Camera Girl. They go one way because one has a pink shirt and the other one has a camera. Kondu and the hoe go a different way. And Nami... The one who was, the, they sent the snuff video to, she's like, I'll go exp- explore by myself. Now, fun fact about the the cast, um, Ray Seguria, who is the like companion in this crew, I think she's Ray. the makeup girl. No, 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 Ray's the whore, the hoe. The hoe. Ray's she's the, the one that has the sex scene with uh, Kanye, yeah, yeah. right? Um, her name is Hitomi Kobayashi, mm-hmm. and she was an adult film star in uh, Japan at the time. Really? And she was originally, this is according to some fucking I'm website. I'm MD her. Yeah, this is according to some website. I thought this would be good news for you. Yeah, I like it. Um, she was cast originally to be the lead, but the director was like, I don't know about her acting skills because all she does is like smut. She was good. She was pretty good. So we got uh, we got Ray, we got Masako, we got Nami, the main chick. We got, um, uh, what's the dude's name? 
Kandu. Are we really having to go through names? No, no, no. Go ahead. So anyways. There's, but, a, there's a group of them. But on the way there, what happens? There's a dog? No. And I was thinking. They dropped a cheeseburger? Yes. Yes. They dropped a cheeseburger. <laughs> they dropped okay. a cheeseburger on the ground. <laughs> okay. They dropped a fucking cheeseburger. And I thought to myself, so far, the scariest thing in, in the beginning of this movie is a toss-up between either A, the snuff film, or B, dropping a cheeseburger on the uh, on the floor of a vehicle. Right. That's a terrible. That's a terrible concept. Horrifying. I don't want to drop my cheeseburger. That's deleted. I eat it. I eat the shit out of that cheeseburger. I eat the, never mind. So yeah. What's, what's your second rule? Like how many seconds before you eat something that's been on the ground? I mean, if I notice it there, I'll eat it. If I know it came from me, <laughs> we're good. Discarded pizza boxes are an excellent source of cheese. They certainly are. So uh, so anyways, they split up, and uh, the hoe walks off with. Condu, who I was referring to as Whiskey Dick Yellow Jacket, because he had a yellow jacket on. Right, he looked he, like he was in like the Elks Club or something. Yeah, and he's saying to her, he's like, Ray, I, you know, what, what happened the other night, it was because of the whiskey. And she's like, you couldn't get it up, whatever. He's like, I can get it up now, I can get it up now. And so they go and fuck. Yeah. They go and fuck. So they split up at this uh, abandoned like warehouse army barrack looking place. Yeah. Um, where they're going to investigate the snuff film, and they say, let's just split up. We can I, cover more ground. I already went over that, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just, we, okay. we went over it, but okay. you didn't point out how fucking ludicrous that is. It's stupid. Why would you split up? There was a snuff film filmed here. I'm a woman. I'm going to walk off by myself and look for the snuff filmographer. I got this video yesterday. It's hard for me to have sympathy so for They're definitely characters. still here. Oh, yeah, I had no sympathy at all. Uh, they were all fodder to me. I just wanted to see them die horribly. So uh, so Ray and Condu go off and bang, and then she's got some good tits. It's, it's, a, it's a good hmm. sex scene there. Yeah. And then and then Condu gets his rocks off and leaves. He just leaves her. He goes back to the van. And so Ray's walking around, the maggots start dropping on her head, and then all of a sudden the spike comes out of the ground and impales her very slowly and graphically. And it got me thinking, you know, maggots are falling from the ceiling, and and they fall in that girl's hair. Mm -hmm. Adam, I have a question for you. Um, Have you ever dated a girl with maggots in her hair? Not while I was dating her. Oh, good. Oh, good. That's good to know. I'm glad that was a quick answer. But there's another scene in the beginning when they go when they split up. I think it's uh, Nami, the the main girl. Yeah, goes into another like empty Nami or the Asian Winona Ryder. Asian Winona Ryder. I yeah. think it's her. I'm not sure. No, that don't, is her. Don't her. quote me on this. Yeah, they go her. into like an empty. She goes by herself uh-huh. into like an empty warehouse room, industrial right. looking, dusty old abandoned place. Right. And then um, this guy is just kind of like suavely yeah, all of a sudden standing there. In blue blockers, um, uh, on the on the doorway there, right. and he's just like, what does he say? He says, uh, "Um, what are, what are you doing here?" Yeah, and she's like, I'm, I'm, "She's like, I'm on TV." <laughs> yeah, I'm looking and then for he's a like, film? "Where I come from, we don't have such things as television," and I'm just like. You don't have such things as television, but you can still have sunglasses from the future. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking Back to the Future what do you got, blue do you blockers. got VR TV over there? In your glasses? Yeah, is it inside? You're like, you don't call it. It's so evolved at this point, you don't uh, even call it television anymore. Oh, my God. But uh, what happens with that? I don't know. Well, so she starts following him, and uh, and then we, we show all the groups, right? So, again, it was stupid of them to split up in the first place. And then immediately, Ray and, and Whiskey Dick go fuck. And then Whiskey Dick abandons her. So they split up even further. And then she dies. Right. And then the other two girls 
pink pink shirt and camera girl uh pink shirt runs away because camera girl was saying she was getting her shot they're being bitches to each other so every one of these groups splits up even further they all immediately just split up further which is just stupid. Yeah, you're not investigating like slime in the ice machine at the Denny's down right, the street. Right, right. You're investigating so a like, snuff. We got to get out of here quick. Uh, let's just wrap this up for the restaurant report card this week. Yeah, there's a really, a really gruesome. Uh, why did we real... even bring a whole crew to this story? Yeah, we need to take everybody to the snuff film, and so we can all die. Right. No so, sympathy. So yeah. So so what's happened so far is that the one girl got snuffed out, and there's a scene. <laughs> yeah, she did. And so there's a scene where like there's a guy like in a window, and two of the chicks are talking, and he's got like a ball gag, and then some guy in like I know I know what you did last summer costume, like, yes. kicks him or something. Yeah. And, and it doesn't say much about that later on. So anyways, the group all comes together. They go back to the van, and there's Condu sitting there. He just got his rocks off, so he's sitting there watching TV or something. And then the other girls show up. They all meet back up, and they're like, oh, where's Ray? They're like, who knows? Who cares? And they go, one of the girls found the building that they thought the stuff happened in because they recognized it from the video. She's like, let's go in that video let's where the snuff definitely happened. Definitely go in that, in that building. Yep. So they go in there, and they're walking around exploring. It's really dark. And then all of a sudden... There's a zip line there, and there's a hoe on a meat hook. It's a hoe on a meat hook zip line. And it's their friend Ray who comes slinging on down. Right. And then Pink Shirt gets scared and runs off by herself. So, so when this happens, the meat hook on a the hoe on a meat hook, like the friends are all freaking out, and uh, and one of them runs off. The Pink Shirt just runs off. And her immediate idea is, I'm gonna go get help. So she abandons her friends, goes and takes the only vehicle, turns it on, and starts to leave. They just found their dead friend, and she's like, I'm leaving the rest of them to go get them help. I mean, that's one of the more realistic responses in this entire movie, though. Yeah, but listen, Bobby, if we were somewhere, like, there's a group of us. I would I would leave you. You're a piece of shit, dude. I would leave you to go get help. That's fucked up, man. No. No, you can't take it on without the authorities with you. You should take your friends with you to go get help. Ugh. Why would you leave your friends to die? No honor amongst thieves, sir. Oh my! We're God. investigating a snuff film. I'm I never would want you investigating to leave. a snuff film. With I would you want ever. you to leave me there. But why? Because you need to get away, <laughs> and maybe I could fend them off with the uh, martial arts I learned from uh, Street Sharks. Yeah, um, biker yeah. mice from Mars. They didn't. They weren't martial artists. They were mutant animals. Um, Anthropomorphic uh, cartoon the, characters. Uh, the martial arts I learned from uh, Hong Kong Fui. Hong Kong Fui. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to you. fend off the snuff film producers, and then by the time you come back with police officers, it'll be like, "Sorry, snuff film producers, my ride's here." Gotta go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a solid plan. So uh, she runs off to the car. And she starts taking off, but all of a sudden, in the car was ball gag guy who grabs her and starts choking her out. And he's like, "They made me kill my 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 girlfriend. They made me they made me watch they kill my girlfriend. Now I'm gonna rape you." So he starts raping her. And you know he is a rapist, yeah. which I don't condone. That I don't see how he got from like, "Hey, I just got my girlfriend killed in front of me" to raping this other chick. There's nothing cool about rape. Or rapers. I think there could have been more like character progression with that one. But he did have a sweet chain belt. He did have a chain belt because he'd been chained up to a room. So then he's raping the chick. He's getting his nuts off. And then he gets shot in the back of the head with an arrow and dies. And so I guess the bad guy was enraged by his rapiness. So she starts climbing out of the van to run away. And a wire noose comes over the top of the car and snags her right around the neck and pulls her slowly up and over the van. What is with Japanese horror and wires? I mean, it's it's creepy, dude. It's fucked up. Like, if you put wire around your arm right now and start pulling really hard, it'd start bleeding and cut it. 
It's great. They only used wire once in this film, I think. It's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. What's that from? Prince of Thieves. Oh, fuck you. Alan Kevin. Rickman. Oh, I do like Alan Rickman. So they pull her over the roof of the van, and then she falls off the other side and breaks her neck all open. So again, so far in this film, we have all kinds of very gratuitous, very gory, very uh, upsetting death scenes, right? Mm-hmm, it's good. Creative, right? But there's nothing fun or schlocky about it. It's no. just like straight-faced. Yeah. And this is when I was just like- It's a horror film, Bobby. Like, you were just over there, like, hands in the pants, like, smiling mm-hmm. ear to ear, okay? I and I was just kind of like, oh, fuck, like, it's one of these movies. What? You don't you don't respect Japanese horror, Bobby. I like Japanese horror, but I like- I like it to be fun. I like it to be fun. And this is not fun. This is just uh, uh, skin crawling. Not all horror- well, Good. I mean, that's how horror is supposed to be. Not all horror movies are supposed to be zany and fun. I like the schlock as much as you do, Bobby, but I like my horror, too, to be, like, gratuitously- fucking disturbing and terrifying so during the rape scene i'm thinking to myself you know this is uh wow this is graphic and this is disgusting also what else what else am i thinking haven't heard that main theme yet oh there it is there it is so there's a exorcist there's a musical motif in this film that's just basically like it's it's a piano and some like ambience and it sounds like uh, someone trying to recreate the theme from the action. There was also a lot of scenes where the camera was going really fast and moving around quite voraciously, very similar to Evil Dead, a la Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that too. It is called Evil Dead Trap, and it didn't really have anything to do with the plot point at all. There was no creature that, that was following that. Yeah, you know, fast, low-angle POVs are pretty cool, though, no matter who you are. Right, so, so far out of, how many were there? There was five people, right? So far out of five people, the hoe is dead, pink shirt is dead, and so there's three left, and they get separated, right? The camera girl, she ends up, like, getting cut in the face with a blade through darkness, and she's like, something there cut me. And then the sam- the bad guy comes, and, like, she ends up grabbing the knife on accident, and he slowly pulls the knife out, and she's like, ah! And her hand's all bleeding. And then uh, there was Kondu and Nami, the main the Asian white owner writer. And then she wakes up on, like, a roof, and she's walking around, and there's Whiskey Dick's head. He's been killed and beheaded. But who's also there is Blue Blocker guy. But he's not wearing glasses because it's nighttime. He's like, oh, this is no playground. Your friend's dead. She's like, what the fuck? So he's not wearing glasses at night, so he's not a total psychopath. I thought he was blind at first because of those glasses. Yeah, so uh, so Blue Blocker is, tells her, like, hey, I'm going to help you out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you out of here. And he lights his lighter and starts walking with her. He's playing it up like he's been trapped there, right? He's like been he's, trapped he's, there. He's looking for his brother Hideki. Right. Right, and his brother's around and he says like oh we were raised here some shit i don't know it's weird so anyways he's walking with her and he's tra- it seems like he's trying to be helpful but you know there's something up with this guy you can tell there's something i don't think they're even trying to like hide it right i mean he's out there in the snuff they're house like, this guy's probably the guy he's not wearing the same combat boots that the fucking killer's wearing he's wearing like flip-flops or something and he doesn't have sunglasses on anymore because so it could be a different person right exactly so you don't know but anyway so he's helping her out and the and then uh and then they start going down to the tunnels, and he's like, hold this lighter. He has a Zippo lighter, and she grabs the lighter, and it's super hot. And she's like, why is he able to hold the lighter and not burn him? I don't know. There's some fucking plot point about, oh, I don't feel pain. I don't fucking know what <laughs> that was into about. into it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they uh, they go, and like he's like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. I've got angina. And he's like, just keep going. Here's a gun. Like, get out of here. I'm going to go back and find my brother. And she's like, no, I'm going to go back, too, to try to find him. So she starts going back, right? And then she comes across like a 
and there's like in the middle of a hallway, there's a there's a, a TV. Uh-huh. And on the TV, it's her one friend who's not dead, the camera girl. Oh, yeah. And her face is painted like Susie Sue. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, help me. Come to the end of the hallway on the right or some shit. And it's like, what? And so it's a, it's a trap. It's an evil dead trap. It's an evil dead trap. So so she makes her way down the hallway and gets that door and starts opening it. And it shows, she shows her friend inside. She's ball gagged, dressed like Susie Sue, super hot, um, bondaged to a wall. And there's a crossbow aimed at her. And there's a there's a string attached, a wire, a metal wire. To the trigger. At, to the trigger, which is attached to the doorknob that Nami's opening. And you're like, oh, shit, don't do it, girl. And I'm like, do it, do it, do it. So she opens the door. And? Right? And the crossbow shoots, but the girl moves her head and it missed. Right. I was thinking, like, what would it be like if you were the guy that rigged that up to try to make that happen? And then, like, when she went to open the door... You realize that it's like a door that opens on the inside of the room. Oh man! And <laughs> Shit! And then the trigger, the trigger doesn't fire the crossbow, and then you release your friend, and then they run away. You're I would be like, very disappointed if if I set up a death tra- a death trap that elaborate and it didn't work and because of my own stupidity. I'd be right. really upset with you myself. Should have tested that shit. Yeah, if they failed. If they if they foiled it, that's one thing. But if it was my you know idiocy that caused it to not work, I'd be pissed. Right. So so that misses right. But Nami runs in the room and starts running towards her friend and hits another tripwire, and the machete on the ceiling comes swinging around and catches her friend right in the face. Good gore effects. Oh, it was great. So very he gratuitous. Was, he was he had a backup plan. He had a backup plan. She wasn't going to dodge that fucking machete to the head. Is it that he had a backup plan, or was he just fucking with her? So the, the crossbow was supposed like, to miss? Yeah. That could be Who it, knows? It could be He's it, too. He's a sick fucker. But before she got to the room, one of my favorite shots in the movie is there's a bunch of TVs on. There's a wall of this was after Asian... You, uh, this is after you climaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I came twice this movie. Um, there, was, there was a wall of, the, of TVs that was all just the face of the Asian Susie Sue, like, moaning in agony. It's great. It's great. That got me close to the edge. So, uh, so, anyways, now all of her friends are dead. All that's left is Nami, and Nami is is making her way through the the place. And uh, she goes outside. She makes her way outside, and there's her dead friends by the car. And then the bad guy, I know what you did last summer outfit, starts walking up. She's like, oh, my God. So she hides. She has a gun. And he grabs the two bodies that are there, which is pink shirt and the gag, ball gag guy, and starts dragging them off into the woods. And so she takes this opportunity to get in the car and open the gate so she can leave. But she and I would say this is a product of Japanese culture. Again, I don't know anything about the world outside of Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. But based on movies I've seen, I would, I would say that this is she decides not to leave. Yeah. Because she's like, fuck this, honor, I'm going to get, like, fuck this, I have I have honor here. These, this dude killed my friends. Do you think that's what it was? Uh, maybe. Like, I, think she, I think she was one of the ratings. She wanted the story. Oh, She wanted interesting, the fucking story. Interesting. All my friends are dead, I might as well get the story. Like the Turbo Negro song. Yeah. So anyways, she goes back in, she crawls back in the place, and comes into some weird room where there's a weird, creepy voice talking, like a mommy voice, saying, oh, hey, Decky, go to school, blah, 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 blah. And she starts looking at all the pictures on the wall, and it looks like this is where Blue Blocker's been living, but all the pictures are just of a mom and a kid. There's no brother. So it's not two kids. It was just one. So we're like, oh, is this guy like a multiple personality thing? Right. So let me just say this. The movie after this point, 
for me mm-hmm. was just like, all right, like death trap, straight face slasher, shit. straight face, not funny, not fun slasher, gratuitous violence, pretty decent kills, right. but right. not anything special. The, the kills were great. Um, the last 20 minutes of this movie totally redeems itself. Oh, yeah. It goes batshit. In a Cronenberg way. Very Cronenberg-y. So there's a, she walks in a room, and there's a wall of videos of TVs here showing her, her TV recording stuff. And apparently, she looks like the mom of the bad guys. And she goes in the room, it's Bluebocker, and he's talking to himself in different voices. Mm-hmm. Like two totally different voices, different tones, arguing with himself about oh, how you blew it, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, this dude's just fucking crazy, you know? I do that like in the shower sometimes. Like, yeah. You fucking, you already fucking washed your hair, you son of a bitch. That's <laughs> fine. It says rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. <laughs> just fucking, you already fucking washed it. You're wasting per plus. <laughs> Your hair looks but, great. Uh, rinse, repeat. You should try. You're pan- gonna put fucking product in it afterwards anyway. You should try Pro V. I just get that all out while I'm showering. People can't hear it. That's what we all know now. What we all know now, Bobby. Well, so then uh, she makes the guy take his mask off. Sure enough, it's Buddy, who's a bad guy. And she's like, "Oh, you're just a weird multiple personality." He's like, "You don't know the half of it." And he's like, "You need to kill me. You need to shoot me right now." And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Shoot me." I'm taking you to the police. And then I think you uh, a shot to the head would be justified. She shoots him. Uh-huh. She shoots him, and it starts raining inside for some reason, right? Mm-hmm. And random shit just starts exploding everywhere. Uh huh. Like what the fuck? And then the wound on his chest starts smoking. Like there's smoke coming out of the wound, and then there's another creepy voice that comes in, but it's not coming from him. There's just a creepy kid voice, and I'm thinking like, is this thing a ghost? Like what's going on? So uh, so he's laying there on the ground with a smoking wound, and all of a sudden. A giant, bloody, meaty tumor starts crawling out of the wound in his chest. Enter Tumor Baby. Tumor Baby. Tumor Baby, what you Come doing? Come on out my orifice tonight. Uh-oh. It's, it's Tumor Baby. <laughs> it's a great song. So, uh, so Tumor Baby grows out of the wound, and this baby has Akira powers because he's shooting like fireballs and melting holes in walls and shit. He's like, Grenada. And then he makes like a, an, an umbilical cord noose. Yep. And starts choking her. And then his brother, the guy at the regular body, grabs him. Who the tumor baby was inside. Yeah, of. yeah, blue blockers. And he grabs him and starts shoving him back into his chest. He's like, get back in there, Quato. Quit being a dick. And so he shoves him <laughs> back into his chest and then gets a knife and stabs it. Just stabs the baby tumor right in his own chest. And he falls down the ground. And then the body explodes into flame. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, thank God for that. But that's not the end, folks, because the exploded corpse stands up and attacks her, starts grabbing her by the neck, and where he touches her neck, it's so hot it burns because he was just on fire. So the life force of the charred corpse was the tumor baby. Yeah. No, it was even better. No, it was even better than that because the charred corpse was a husk of the body of Blue Blocker. Right. Because she looks at the face of it, and cracking through the face of the exploded husk is the tumor baby's face. Mm. But it still looked like a fresh tumor baby. It wasn't a burnt up tumor baby. It was a fresh tumor baby. I would I would say that this tumor ba- baby is malignant. So she then stabs the, the tumor baby in the face with a knife. And the, the, the corpse, the flaming, the burnt corpse dives out the window and just shatters on the ground. She looks out the window and there's a shattered corpse out there. And she's like, oh my God, thank God it's finally all 
over, and she passes out. And then she wakes up in the hospital, and, and her boss or some other Japanese man's there, and he's like, hey, uh, so we looked around, and there was no tumor, baby monster. So we're going to leave that part out of the story, okay? Do you think that he, they actually investigated if a tumor baby was involved, or were they just kind of humoring her? No, it's, it's Japan. They totally investigated that yeah, shit. Yeah, they're like, yeah, this is probably real. They totally investigated that shit. They're like, well, she said there was a tumor baby monster. Like, they believe in kappas and shit, which are turtle demons that live on the fucking water and have bowls full of water on their head. Like, they they're going to look into a tumor they baby. They believe in that in, like, Mississippi, too. Exactly. They look into it in Mississippi, too. I'll, I'll just say tumor baby. Well, sir, we didn't find no trace, no tumor baby. We looked. We checked in all the microwaves. We checked under the sink. All in places babies like to go. <laughs> Didn't find one. So, uh, so she gets her job back, and she's back on her show. And at the end of her show, somebody's like, hey, somebody brought this by for you. And he's like, oh, thank you. And she opens it up, and it's the lighter of Blue Blocker. Dun, dun, dun. Uh. And we think, wow, that's crazy. He's going to come back. But then... She starts feeling pain, like, oh, my God, like, there's something inside of my body. Sure enough, tumor baby, they couldn't find it because it crawled all up in her. The end. Yeah, well, no, that's not the end. The best, the ending is the best. When tumor baby forcibly crawls its way bloodily and graphically out of her vagina, and there's a close-up on tumor baby's face, and it says, Mama. And then starts crawling up her chest towards her as she looks at it in terror. The end. I like it. I like the. Uh, I like the uh, coincidental plot points of like uh, a, a mama thing. Yeah, it's a mama both, theme. Uh, burial ground and Evil Dead trap. Mama mia. We're not going to debate which one's better, or which one's worse. We're going to save all that for the last episode of this. Wait, I can't uh, say. Uh, well, I, I know your answer. I mean, if you listen to this, you know my answer. Evil Dead Trap, Evil you prefer to Burial Ground. All day long. All right, fine. I'm the opposite. All right. I'm the opposite. Okay. I tell you, if you cut down Burial Ground to 40 minutes, I'd love it. Let's do alternative titles for Evil Dead Trap. Mm -hmm. I've only got two, sorry. The first one's uh, just Unexpected Pregnancy. <laughs> it's true. Because it does come out of left field. It does. You're just like, what? What? Oh. All right, yeah. I'll, t I'll take it. Tumor baby crawled in her. Anything to up the ante on this uh, fucking Drown Me in a Lake movie. It was great. And then uh, lastly, uh, Look Who's Stalking. Because the tumor baby is like a baby from that movie, Look Who's Talking. Oh, and he's, uh, he's doing a lot of stalking yeah, throughout the movie. That's, exactly. That's a good one. Um, again, neither of these films are for everyone. Mama. Um, but if you like fucked up shit. And want to just uh, soak your brain in some depraved uh, nonsense. Watch it. Watch both of them right in a row like we did. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at PinballBobby. You can follow Adam on Instagram at VonArn13. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram at NotForEveryonePodcast. Check out our friends Welcome to Horror in England. Thanks, Dario Bentley, for the uh, hashtag AskNotForEveryone question. It was a good one. Check out our friends out in sunny California that do uh, that one time I was abducted by aliens. Oh, I like them. They're hilarious. If you, uh, Jamie's if, a real sweetheart. If you, yeah, if you like uh, alien stuff, there are podcast uh, companions. Is they're, that a thing? They're pod, 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 pod canyons. Pod canyons. Um, other than that, I, I got nothing to plug. We're going to probably have to take another break 
for a little while. Oh, Jesus. Because I'm traveling again. Traveling Bobby. But follow me on Instagram to find out all my travel adventures. My travel's always more exciting. I got a lot of stuff to plug in between now and next time we do an episode. I'm going to be doing my burlesque show, the Aqua Show in San Marcos on the 14th of September. I got my radio show that's on every Wednesday night on KZSM.org at 10 p.m. called The Love Lines. I'm going to be doing a trump card show in October where we're going to have a wrestling ring. There's like 15 bands and wrestlers. And I know some of these wrestlers. It's going to be a hell of a show. It's for Austin's cat punks because they're punk rockers that really like cats. And I'm one of them. So yeah, go ahead and keep doing that. Bobby's going to go ahead and be like a loser and go like travel the world for work. And I'm going to continue to produce high